Max's Monday Morning Market Mania has returned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Maxwell Kosmalski, and today I have my very first guest on Max's Monday Morning Market Mania, Brian Woodkey. How you doing? Good, good. Pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm great. <clears throat> glad, glad you're here. And for those who don't know, Woodkey was actually our very first guest. Mm -hmm. So, yep, first guest neat. on uh, on the. Uh, the, the New School podcast. Yeah. So The full length. Yeah. That was a good one. Money <clears throat> Matters. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Definitely. And we're back to talk money today. So. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> your trading been good? I uh, haven't been doing much trading, to be honest. In the, uh, in the bear, I'm just picking up long-term holds. What are you getting for long-term holds? Buying a lot of tech. Tech? A lot of tech now that it's down. Bought uh, a while back at the start, kind of the start of the bear. I bought a lot of brick and mortar stuff and uh, some oil. I like ExxonMobil. Started buying some ExxonMobil after they they announced they're uh, they're going to use uh, they're going to flare the excess excess that they're they're mining or how, how, what are they fracking mining? How they how do they pull oil out of the ground? What's drilling? Yeah, so they're using the excess to uh, power. Uh, Bitcoin miners, so they're going to use... Really? <clears throat> yeah, there was a... It, it had to have been probably close to a year ago now. But hmm. as soon as I saw that article, I was like, man, I'll put some money into that. They're backing something that I believe in, so... <clears throat> yeah, I like Exxon, British Petroleum, Marathon. Mm -hmm. uh, what's Exxon's dividend nowadays? Mm, it's not It's not massive, but... I remember it being 8 fucking percent, dude, oh, yeah? at one point. Huh. Uh, Uh, I can't find it. Maybe I could pull it up real quick. Let's see. Yeah, I'm right now. Looks I, like I'm it's not, three point five percent. Oh, that's not that's even not, much. That's not bad though. It's yeah, it's definitely not bad. Considering McDonald's or <clears throat> considering the trajectory of of the stock in the past year. Oh yeah. I mean, you love you love to see a. You know, close to a four percent dividend on a stock that's that's gaining. You know, <clears throat> so mm -hmm. yeah, I I should have backed up the truck on oil back right when the you were talking about started. it. You were you were talking about it. I I didn't buy at the bottom, but like when oil was trading at like negative thirty five bucks, yeah, a barrel. Yep, and <laughs> you know I. I probably brought this up on the podcast before, but I, I hear a lot of these people like bitching and they're like, oh, uh, the oil companies, they're price gouging. It's, mm. it's just greedy businessmen and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, you got your virtue signaling people on Twitter and they're, they're like saying, oh, back in 2018 or 2012 or whatever, oil was this same price per barrel, but the price of a gallon of gas was way lower. And that means they're screwing us. Right. But they never bring up how oil was trading at negative $35 a barrel. Right. And there was actually a guy who, who was trading um, oil futures, and he ended up, I don't know, he was locked into a contract, and he was forced to accept some, uh, some odd hundreds, hundreds of barrels of oil what? at negative. They paid him to take them. What? Let me, yeah, let me Are see if I can pull it up. So he ended up taking them. Taking the barrels, um, let's see, man. I can't imagine that happening. That's insane. <clears throat> let's see. Oil trader bought 250,000 barrels of oil during plunge below zero. 
Let's see. But the the problem with oil is if you don't refine it after a certain amount of time, it goes bad. Yeah. So like, and and during the pandemic, nobody's moving around. Several months go by, nobody's trucks aren't delivering stuff. People aren't driving to work. So what are you gonna do with that oil? He's <laughs> put, it, put it in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's gonna go bad. So like, I, he was forced to take it. Um, <clears throat> and it says he likely made a fortune. This is this is Business Insider. Oh, I'm sure he made um, a fortune. I could imagine. I can imagine, and I don't know the timeline on how long it takes oil to go bad, but you know, if it if it stayed good for even six months, he got paid to take the oil, and then he can turn around and sell it. So somebody made a made a, a really good trade there. Yeah, <clears throat> that guy's not complaining about about gas prices now. Yeah, he's maybe, probably maybe chilling. He maybe he is. Who knows? So, <clears throat> ladies and gents, today we're just going to talk about a few different topics. Uh, Kind of a standard format of Max Money Morning Market Mania for those who are regular listeners. I usually go over three headlines and uh, I decipher the bullshit out of it. I tell you what what might come of it, uh, why it's good or why it's bad. And we're going to start with some recent news that uh, mainstream media, I don't know if they've been reporting on it or not. Uh, it's hard to tell if they've been reporting on it because... I'm sure. Uh, I know. I know. For me, I don't watch the yeah. news. I don't turn on the TV. I don't watch any news. I don't want to be. I don't want to ingest all that propaganda that they're pushing. But uh, and there's nobody I trust. Right. Exactly. And I doubt. I doubt that they're that they're reporting heavily on this. But yeah. <clears throat> all right. So I've got this article from WinePressNews.com. Uh, I I haven't used this website or anything, but. Uh, it was kind of the first one that came up when I was looking for exactly what happened. And the headline reads, U.S. Defense Department fails another audit claiming they cannot account for 61% of their assets. So this is, this is the government, the same government that's telling us that we need to report our Venmo transactions yep. of $600 or more. And these people can't account for 61% of their funding. Right. I mean, that... <clears throat> what, no, that's our dollars. A percentage, a percentage doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah. All right. Maybe so we should say the number. May, maybe we should. Yeah, we should. We should give them the actual number. I think it was, it was close to uh, two point seven trillion. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can find it here. It was either two point seven trillion or two point nine trillion dollars that that they can't account for. Oh, it's missing. Jeez. Now the process for this this audit when they. They audit all of their assets. is It's a massive process, as you can imagine. Yeah, it the, says sixteen hundred <clears throat> auditors. Right, right. You, there's so much for them to cover. I mean, you can't have one guy go around and say, "Yep, yep, it's all there. We found it." Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have to obviously hire a bunch of people, go through an extensive process to to make sure that they have all all of the stuff that they claim, and uh, and they fucking don't. Apparently, they don't. Yeah. So. <laughs> This says the United States Department of Defense has failed yet another audit, its fifth ever for the record, unable to account for more than half of their assets, though the DOD believes they can use this as a teachable moment. <laughs> though never real reaching though never really reaching the headlines, two weeks ago Pentagon Comptroller Mike McCord revealed to the press that over sixteen hundred auditors foraged through the DOD's three point five 3.5 trillion in assets 
and $3.7 trillion in liabilities. Officials found that the department could not account for 61% of their assets. So this is horrible. I, I don't know where this went. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, <clears throat> well, this is our this is our tax dollars that that, yeah. that are missing. And and what did uh, Mike McCord say? He says he says I would not say that we flunked. The process is important for us to do, and it's making us get better. It's not making us get better as fast as we want. I would say they <clears throat> flunked. If yeah. you if you get sixty one percent of shit wrong on a test. Then you fucking failed. Right. You didn't pass. Well, if you, I would call that a fail. If you think about it, though, if you frame it in a different way, say say you weren't tested at all, and then and then when you were first tested, you got zero percent, and then you got you got twelve percent, and now they're all the way up to thirty nine percent. So they're getting better, but just not as fast as you. Obviously, you'd want to get a hundred percent on every test, but they're working their way there. They've yeah. only lost what eight eight trillion something dollars over the past five years is that what it or uh, two, or, you know what maybe it's <clears throat> maybe it's not no no so the the total 3.5 trillion in assets they they can't account for 61 percent of it so yeah, what is that that number is 2.3 trillion oh 2.3 trillion okay well yeah, i'm glad that we're getting the numbers correct because i wouldn't want to insult the government you know, when I was looking this up, I saw a whole bunch of stuff, and, you know, the nifty fact checkers uh, were there up at the top. You know, whenever you type something in Google, right. search engine optimization, they're going to give you their favorite trusted fact checkers, yep. who are usually funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation right. and whatnot. <laughs> right. But I saw some other stuff talking about uh, how they, uh, the day before 9 11, uh, it was reported that two and a half trillion dollars was simply missing. Yep. And then the most convenient <clears throat> distraction came the day after. Yep. And tragic, tragic. Very Let's tragic. add to that, that it's tragic because it was a lot of lives were lost, and even some 3, I think, 000. even some I think in the in the in the Pentagon when when it blew up, but mm -hmm. conveniently, all of the records of all of their assets blew up as well. Conveniently. I wouldn't be surprised if it, they fudged something. Right. But, I mean, this, this isn't good. We need... I don't know what the exact solution is, and I'm not like a blockchain engineer, but I mentioned this to you earlier, that mm -hmm. if we just put everything on the blockchain, and I hope it's not a central bank digital currency, I hope it's not controlled by them. That's the problem. If we had it all on the blockchain and it was all open source, we could see exactly where every penny is going. Yep. So when we send $100 billion to Ukraine, and, oh, what a surprise, they, uh, they weren't able to account for $30 billion of that, and that's your taxpayer dollars, that's my taxpayer dollars, that's Elon Musk's economic output for three years. I mean, yep. he paid $11 billion in taxes last year. Right. That's basically three years of Elon Musk's economic output. Just gone missing. Mm -hmm. That is so irresponsible. If we had this on the blockchain, there wouldn't be an opportunity for them to lose it. Right. You could we trace would it. All be able to see. Yep. You could trace it from where it went back to all the way back to the original transaction that sent it over to Ukraine. Or um, it, see, and that's that's the problem. I think they're moving in that direction to get to get everything onto a blockchain and get everything onto a, a public ledger for you to be able to see. But the only problem is they're waiting until they can completely control all the money, right? Like a central bank digital currency. They're, they're trying to usher that in 
somehow. And I, I actually saw an article, um, I don't know if it was Powell or, you know, some, some, someone at the Fed at one of the, the meetings was talking about uh, working on a central bank digital currency and maybe, maybe rolling it out in the next four or five years, maybe. So I, I, can't, I can't trust that. I don't want any of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it right now. Uh, we saw what happened when the government mandated shit and controlled us, when they told us that we weren't allowed to open up our business, but the Walmart right next door, they were allowed to. The liquor store right next door, they were allowed to. Right. But you were not allowed to. Yep. When they told us we couldn't go out in public unless we wore a fucking mask or, you know, in some places you couldn't go to a restaurant without getting the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know these mandates, we know this is their, their play. You know, they just mandate this shit. But if we just say no, and all of us say no, then they're not gonna be able to do that. Right. If we all said no at the beginning with the masks, it would not have escalated because it wouldn't have worked. If yeah. we just practiced civil disobedience, then they wouldn't have been able to escalate it even further. Right. And now, you know, I, they got so many people going along with their shit. So when it comes to a central bank digital currency, I'm wondering how they're going to actually implement this. But all I know is that we will need to literally say no. Well, that's Civil the thing. disobedience. In a quick, quick tangent, you look at China right now with their COVID policies and the lockdowns and the QR codes and the, uh, the, the social credit, you know, if, if I saw a video of a, a Chinese person in their, in their hotel or in their, their um, apartment, you know, they, they're showing their, their QR codes green and they stick their hand out the window, it turns red. They pull Boy. back in, it turns green, stick it out, it turns red. Pull back in, it's green, and eventually it locked on red. And it, you can imagine that the government is going to tune, like, tune into that and show up at your door and 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 get you for for disobeying right and uh they they already have you know the digital yuan that they're using and they'll lock your money up if your if your qr code turns red you can't spend your money anywhere so i think i don't know and i hesitate to say that this is the direction that we're headed because I like to believe that the country is free and, and the ideals are being upheld. But at the same time, you see these, you see they're hinting at some of this stuff coming out. And they're, they have been for two they're years. showing their hand. Like, this is where they want to take it. So uh, you got you to gotta tread carefully. You got, and when stuff like this comes up, you have to say no. That's the thing that I think a lot of us sh struggle with is nobody can, can take a week off of their job and go to D.C. and protest. Mm -hmm. and do the things that are necessary to keep freedom alive. And, and then it's hard to say no because the media makes you feel like an outsider. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, there was like this immense pressure to like wear a fucking mask when you go to Meyer yeah. when, when all this shit was happening. Right. And I'd go there without a mask. Everybody would be fucking looking at me, giving me the stink eye and everything. Mm -hmm. And then the media makes it sound like... Uh, I'm isolated. Like nobody else thinks the way I think. Right. Or they make it seem like everybody is on the other side, right. so that you will shut the fuck up. Right. They want they want us to think that ninety percent of people are on board with all this stupid bullshit, because then it's going to keep us from speaking out. Right. Right. And the the worst part is is like if you tried to disobey, if you tried to not wear your mask. You you were you were killing somebody's grandma, or you were you know you're infecting other people, 
even if you're completely completely uh, uh, healthy, you know. Yeah. So it it's just. It's a bad, it's a, it was a bad state. I'm glad that we've gotten kind of co- somewhat come back to normal from that. Yeah, because I mean, we don't have to, we don't really have any mandates right now. No. I, it's good to have our freedom back. Yeah. But they shouldn't have fucking taken it in the first place. Right. And right. that's just, like, that, that's what we need to keep in mind because, you know, it, and it didn't even matter who the fucking president was. Mm-hmm. And especially with the central bank digital currency stuff, like, there's a lot of people that, well, maybe not a lot, but there are people that, you know, support this administration and think that they have all our best interests in mind and all right. that. And they're like, oh, they they would be responsible with a central bank digital currency. Yeah. Uh, but nope. it's a slippery slope. I don't care if Jesus is the fucking president. He's only got four or eight years. Who's coming mm. in next? Right. It, it could be fucking anybody. And if we have that system set in where there's a central bank digital currency... And maybe this current administration wouldn't abuse it, or the next uh, administration wouldn't abuse it. But there's always that wild card, you yeah. know, in the future. We, yeah. we don't know. We don't know who's going to be president. Right. It could be the next Hitler or well, some shit like that. And when something like that comes up, the, the, the importance of regaining the presidency for your party, just the stakes get that much higher. Now that you've got even more power to abuse, you know, they're, they're going to spend more money on... on you know, campaigning and advertising for their candidate, and they're going to do whatever it takes. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine what goes on now to get into the, the presidential race. You know, I, I don't know what you have to do behind closed doors to get your name up there. It's probably crazy, right? It's an insane amount of money, which we'll talk about later with, with uh, FTX. Sam Bankman fraud. Yeah, yeah but... I mean, the, the things that go on behind closed doors to get to that. Imagine if a central bank digital currency comes sweeping in and all of a sudden you've got control over everybody's finances. Like, like the, the stakes just get that much higher. Yeah, that's like Hitler's <clears throat> wet dream, being able to <laughs> right. have absolute control over the currency. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, like you said, in China, can't go outside and you get a red QR code. Maybe they turn off your money. Uh, that'll teach you a lesson. Don't don't disobey us, or we'll turn off your fucking money. Right. Or they'll go back and they'll, you know, hold you accountable for some reckless tweet that you said about, you know, like, oh, screw the president, or uh, this guy fucking sucks, or whatever. And they're like, oh, government dissent. Yep. A few keystrokes, boom. You can only spend your money on food. You can't spend it on yep. luxuries or fun or anything like yep. that. Now, now you're a peasant. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. The stuff behind closed doors. Well, I, I think we should definitely kind of use that to segue into the FTX and uh, Sam Sam Bankman fraud. Yeah. As you would like to call them. <clears throat> so we we don't really have a specific headline. Uh, we were kind of just we just wanted to talk about it. Uh, for those who don't know what happened with FTX, or those who don't know what FTX is, it's a cryptocurrency exchange. And it was created by Sam Bankman-Fried, and it basically just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was like an overnight success story, and there was a lot of questions as to how it became so successful so fast. And they had so many celebrity endorsements. Yep. Tom Brady was a huge uh, shareholder. Uh, Kevin O'Leary was in this. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Wasn't it Larry David? Yeah, Larry David. Jay said that. Yep. Uh, I mean, people lost a lot of money. This 
this token billion. it has like a 10 billion dollar market cap maybe yeah. 11 or 12 billion i think they were now in control of million. i think they were in control of over 30 billion dollars yeah, I, I wouldn't them. be surprised. I mean, if they have an exchange and they have all these other assets yep. on their exchange. Right, right. And but they didn't they weren't essentially essentially what happened was was this this um this crypto exchange was operating like a like a bank would, you know, fractional reserve. And they, they when it when it comes down to it and people want to pull their money out, they don't they don't have the money to give you because they it's not backed by anything. Yeah. Essentially. All their liquidity, they were using it to speculate on reckless shitcoin projects. Right. Well, they were, and they were buying other other exchanes too, weren't they? Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I, he was like making himself out to be like this prophet who's like saving the industry. Right. Oh, Celsius is going down or whatever Voyager, yep. and you know he steps in, comes saves the saves the day. I'm Sam Bankman fraud. I'm a good guy. <laughs> I donate forty million to the Biden administration. Look right. at me. Right. I live in a house with nine other people. We're polyamorous. We all have sex in yep. these mansions in the Bahamas while we run this cryptocurrency. Well, the mansions that Bullshit. he bought, the mansion that he bought uh, using FTX money was was meant to be for employees to use and work out of, and and somehow it accidentally got put in his parents' name. Oh wow! Isn't that convenient? Super convenient, right? Just so. like all the convenient <laughs> shit with the uh, Black Lives Matter founders. Right. They did the exact same shit. Yeah, you know they use all the donations and they bought luxury real estate. Right, right. Well, and when when the company goes bankrupt, they come after all the company's assets. Well, guess what? The the property in the Bahamas is not under FTX. It's 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 under a completely different entity. You can't even go after that, right? So. That's that's the thing, and the donations. Once we start on the donations to the forty million to who did he, to, yeah to the Biden administration, it's one of the largest donations ever, right? Yeah, isn't that? Yeah, uh, he was the second biggest contributor to the Biden right. administration. Right, and have you? That's just at, the official number. Yeah, too. that's just what they're willing to say. Yeah, and we don't even know what the shit they did in Ukraine. I, right. I keep hearing shit about them laundering money in Ukraine. and Oh, yeah, all the crypto I, that was sent over there. What do you think happened to it? I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I, I mean, I know enough to know that I don't know shit. Right. And right. any... It's enough, like, it's enough to speculate. We can only speculate, you know, and these aren't, con these aren't concrete facts, but we're, we're making connections, you know. Yeah. We're trying to use some, some simple reasoning and... Uh, Try and figure out, you know, where is this money going? Follow yeah. the paper trail. We we simply are acknowledging that there's four, five, six, seven major red flags. <laughs> so, uh, it's probably all horseshit. Then, yeah, I mean, it's probably a scam. Yeah, and it it was, and he's currently claiming to be, you know, he's playing dumb. Mm. You know, like it, oh, I didn't I know this was gonna happen, or blah blah blah. Yep. But he was they were literally pulling money out of FTX before their uh, customers had the ability and option to pull out. Right. There, if you had money on FTX, you weren't allowed to pull it out, but they were fucking pulling their money out. Yeah. So what what sense does that make? And you know he went on this New York Times seminar or whatever, and he was a keynote speaker. Yeah, wasn't that Janet Yellen? That was. I think that was supposed to happen. I think that. I think that was. Happen? I think that was scheduled to happen sometime in November. Uh, let's try and let's pull up the article. I think it was supposed to happen, but it didn't end up happening. I think FTX crashed 
before that happened and they canceled the seminar. Maybe, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, yeah, I, I think, like this, I remember hearing about this all after the FTX collapse, and they were talking about bringing him and Janet Yellen and a few other clowns yeah. on yep. as panelists and right? stuff. Yeah. I think it was after, uh, what would I even look up? Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, panelist for New York Times Expo? Or, I don't even know what the event was called. Uh, oh, that just leads <clears throat> me to a whole bunch of New York Times articles. Right. Sam Bankman-Fried, New York Times. Was it, was it New York Times, or was it, was it to be held in New York? Uh, I think it was going to be held in New York. Oh, Bankman-Fried to address New York Times summit amid FTX collapse fraud allegations. So it was written November 29th. Fallen Crypto Magnet will speak to Deal Book event alongside Netanyahu, Zelensky, Zuckerberg, despite widespread charges of unethical conduct at his company. Yeah, that, that was almost like totally inappropriate for them to have this guy on after right. while all these allegations were going on. How did he fool so many people? Is the question. How? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you just you just named off a few. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Janet Yellen was supposed to be there. Uh, how how does how does he slip under the radar of all these people? People like Tom Brady and uh, and and Larry David and, and Kevin O'Leary. And Kevin O'Leary. How? I just don't understand how. I guess I guess if you're writing a big enough check, you know, people will and will will. If yeah, they'll they'll say whatever whatever you want them to say, right? Well, we saw that Kevin O'Leary. Uh, I think he got like 15 million for being a spokesperson for. FTX, and uh, it, alright, yeah, let's see, uh, it says he lost his $15 million payday, and this other article says he lost almost $10 million in the FTX collapse. Kevin O'Leary is not an idiot. Mm-hmm. So, why, why would he be investing in this company with some Joe Blow kid who's you know, like Kevin O'Leary, he, dude, he's a strict guy. I mean, he's right. he's judgy. Why yep. is he investing in Sam Bankman-Fried, who's walking around in Skechers and not professional or anything? And yep. He lives in a house with nine other people, and they all have sex together <laughs> and shit. And they're just fucking around in the Bahamas. And I, I don't know how he got roped into this, but I mean, you know, I, he was he was paid to endorse it, so maybe. I thought Tom Brady and Giselle was it, is her name Giselle? It's Giselle, right? His, his Maxwell? wife? No, no, no. Oh, his wife Giselle. Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. I think they put Giselle, a lot, a lot of money into that. Like I tried some finding hundred million. I thought it was. I thought I read a headline, and allegedly, it was like six hundred fifty million dollars. I I think I, I remember seeing that I, headline. We should and, we should nail that down because look, Tom Brady FTX loss. Just look up Tom Brady. I think FTX they used lost. that six hundred million as like a talking point. Uh, yeah, because this is like just his net worth or something. This is just a headline that I that I had picked up, so I don't know if it's for sure. But I could imagine that, you know, if if you got duped, you could end up putting a decent amount of money into that and losing it. So let's see. I looked for this. For that number uh, several times, I wasn't able to find anything that gave me a reliable number for how much he 
uh, how much he invested. Let's see, Brady and Bunchen featured in advertisements promoting the company, which is floundering even more after rival Binance announced Wednesday it would not go ahead and purchase FTX after doing due diligence. FTX valuation reportedly increased from $89 million to $1 billion in 2021. So all these people that lost their ass, uh, they probably lost, or they probably made a shit ton before, too. But here, this is the number I think you were talking about. It's unclear how much money Brady and Bunchen, Gazelle Bunchen, I don't know how, how you pronounce that. It's unclear how much they put into FTX. However, given their equity in the company as well as their wealth per celebrity net worth, Brady and Bunchen are worth a combined $650 million. So we, okay, don't have a, then, yeah. we don't have an actual number for that. Well, that's good. That's good that they didn't lose their entire net worth. Yeah. Right. Did you look into like all the dots that you could connect? Like uh, Sam Bankman Fried's mom, uh, she was like affiliated with like raising money for Democratic political candidates. Mm-mm. Well, there. You're gonna have another, to fill me in. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much just that. Uh, I don't. I can't go deep into the facts and like right. the names of the organizations or whatever. And then there's another convenient fact, like his cousin is at the SEC and how convenient. Yeah. It's wow. it's literally so many dots connecting. Right. And I don't know. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Right. Exactly. It looks like fraud. It smells like fraud. It's fraud. This guy screwed us over and why is he not in jail? Why is there not massive public outrage? There was a tweet um, that Maxine Waters sent out to Sam Bakeman Freed. Yeah, she's Let's like buddy-buddy with him. She was like being super nice to him, like, hey, if you, yeah, if you could, yeah. Here it uh, is. I'd like to you know, ask Here you some questions. Um, so, so Maxine Waters uh, to Sam Bankman Freed. We appreciate that you've been candid in your discussions about what happened at FTX. Your willingness to talk to the public will help the company's customers, investors, and others. Quick pause. Him talking is not helping anybody get their money back. Yeah. She says, to that end, we would welcome your participation in our hearing on the 13th. Oh, they'd welcome him? No, they would welcome fucking subpoena his ass. You need to fucking show up here. Yes, exactly. And the fact that they haven't gone after him, that this is all setting up for him to, to go scot-free. Yeah. And, it, and it all t- if you follow the money, it all ties back to a $40 million donation to the Biden, Biden administration. And we don't even know if that's the real number. Like, uh, it's $40 million, but I would bet, and this, this is just a guess, that it's plenty more than $40 billion. And I think, actually, Elon Musk had tweeted something about, uh, about this, this situation, saying that it, it could be in the billions. Like it, it, it might not. Let me see if I can pull that one up because he he tweeted something about. Let's see, Elon Musk, SBF donation tweet. Man, I love Elon. He he is exposing some shit right now. Have you seen all three of the Twitter files? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Dude, well, not not so all three of them. I saw this. I saw a little bit about it, and I looked into it and. For the most part, from what I found, and I didn't do a bunch of like like deep digging, so t- 
take this at face value is a lot of it was like just the Hunter Biden like like images like pictures of him naked and and uh, you know a lot of it was was them asking for those tweets to be taken down. I didn't dig too much farther than that. I just kind of read into it surface level. So I don't know I don't know if you've got any any more on it than I do. Well, Elon. <clears throat> Uh, exposed some internal dialogues between people in the company and uh, their plan to uh, uh, censor Trump, censor Hunter Biden, mm -hmm. censor conservatives, and yeah. Elon even showed the political donations for from the Twitter employees. And between all the Twitter employees uh, for for the 2020 election or whatever. Uh, I think it was like nine hundred eighty thousand dollars went to Democrats. Really? You want to know how much went to conservatives from Twitter? Zero. Fourteen thousand. Really? Yeah. Versus nine hundred eighty thousand. Wow. 000. Huh. But and yeah, it, you should read the Twitter files. All yeah. Three of them. Yeah, I, mean, I should. Dude, he exposes this shit. Like it. Right. It's like I'm like breathing a <clears throat> breath of fresh air because like, yeah. I've been I've been saying this shit for years, yeah, dude. Yeah. And like I'm being validated now. Well, and that's the thing is like is like if they're if they're donating that much money to democratic causes and that little amount of money to republican causes, then it kind of makes you think like like uh, which which way are they leaning? It kind of confirms which way they're leaning. Yeah. And and the fact that they're complicit in in dealing with the Biden administration to get tweets taken down and to censor uh, the president of the United States. Like you have to assume that they have done this before and that they did it again after. It's only, it's only time before it all comes out, right? And we're starting to see that now, which I think is good. Yeah, but if you think this shit's crazy with Twitter, I can only fucking imagine right. what would show up if you pulled back the curtains of Facebook. Facebook and Instagram, too. Yeah, and so well, a lot so, of so I guess so. I guess they're the, yeah they're the same company. Did you find yeah. the tweet? Oh yeah yeah so so the uh, this is uh, Will Will Menitis Menitis apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. SBF donating forty million dollars to not go to jail for stealing ten plus billion is one of the highest return on investment trades of all time. Now that's a tweet. It's not my words. Allegedly stealing ten billion, and Elon Musk replies. That's just the publicly disclosed number. His actual support of Democratic elections is probably over $1 billion. The money went somewhere, so where did it go? Jeez. <clears throat> and, you know, like, so we know that this guy is corrupt. We know that, like, if for some reason he's allowed to make another company <laughs> and he's like, oh, I want to I help all the people that got hurt from FTX... So I'm going to create FTZ and mm. give them a new shit coin that has no real world value. Yeah. Uh, at, I feel like there's, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, first of all, but there are some lessons we can unpack here. One, if you hold your money on an exchange, it is simply at risk. It, Count it have, as good as gone. Yeah. Really. I mean, you, if it's not in a cold storage wallet or on an exchange that has publicly shown that they have all the tokens required to pay out every single one of their users, then it's as good as gone. It's like yeah. it's like a bank. You know, banks have regulations in place for a reason. You can only keep two hundred fifty thousand. You're only guaranteed two hundred fifty thousand dollars from the bank. You know, if shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. So. 
and in in crypto space, you don't have there's there's none of these regulations. There's no it's yeah. the wild west. So I love it though. It it is pretty crazy. It I, is pretty I love crazy, it until someone fucking sends my crypto to their own wallet, right? Hacking my shit. Right. If had that happen. It fucking sucks. Yep. yep. But yes, these exchanges. Anybody can make this exchange. And I mean, it could be me. It could be yep. a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> and they can do whatever they want with this crypto exchange. They can be irresponsible. They can take huge risks like FTX did. Mm-hmm. And when someone rings a bell, when, you know, CZ from Binance is like, oh, yeah, the doesn't look like uh, they're very solvent. And then everyone, everyone's looking at it now. Mm-hmm. And then everyone runs for the exit door at the same time. It's like you're in a movie theater and it's, and someone yells fire right. and everyone's trying to exit at the same time. Right. It, no, not everybody can exit at the mm-hmm. same time. Right. So there's going to, there's going to be people that get burned, you know? Yeah. So, so if, if you have like large crypto positions, I mean, if you, for some reason, trust the exchange it's on, then look whatever. in, look into the exchange. Yeah. Like, look into but. the exchange. And if you want to literally for free, have it so that there's no counterparty risk, I mean, instead of holding Ethereum on Coinbase, you could hold it on MetaMask. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, MetaMask yeah. isn't an exchange that could go bankrupt or anything. Right, right. Uh, I would stress cold storage over anything. If you have, if you have a large amount of crypto, the the absolute best thing you can do is take it off of the blockchain and put it into cold storage. Yeah, but if you got 160 bucks in dog coin, right, you yeah. probably don't need to yeah. drop 100 bucks on a yeah. cold storage wallet. Right. Uh, there was another point I wanted to make from it. Oh, yes. So how did the, all this happen? How did FTX get to this $10 billion market cap? I mean, it must have provided a lot of economic utility to right. get to that big of valuation. It had to. Right? It had to have provided some real-world goods and services. No, it, it didn't. Maybe so, it, Well, maybe it, maybe it got built up the way that Bitcoin and Ethereum did by you know people buying in and money getting put into into the protocol and, and the, the market cap rising naturally. Maybe it did that. Yeah, well, here... <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> yeah, not quite. So there's FTX and then the sister company, Alameda Research. They're actually just a market maker. And, you know, they do a few keystrokes and then they whip out X amount of FTT tokens. I don't know what the circulating supply was, maybe a billion, I don't know. Uh, maybe 500 million. It doesn't really matter. The token's dead. Uh, but they had X amount of tokens and they basically sent them over to Alameda Research and they became the market maker and they set the price for it. And they're like, all right, for our Series 1 or Series A investing round, we're going to, eh, fuck it. How about a $400 million valuation? And these aren't actual numbers. And you know, if people are lining up, oh, here, take my money, I'll buy it at a $400 million valuation. Then it's worth $400 million. Right. And then Series B, now it's $1.2 billion. Series mm-hmm. C, maybe now it's $4 billion. And then, you know, once it's publicly traded and everything, you know, it gets like a $10 billion market cap. So they basically just determined the price. They set the price, and people were simply willing to pay that much for it. It would be like if I created my own 
shitcoin. Banana token. Yeah. I love for for examples. I always use banana token or or shitcoin. Shit, I use shit token. Uh, come Doge Inu Rocket. There, there you go. Yeah. I, dude, I've seen so many stupid shitcoins with right? names like that. Yeah. But say I come out with a a shitcoin called Come Doge Inu Rocket, <laughs> and I have a trillion in circulating supply, and I convince. Woodkey to buy one token for one dollar. I mean, somebody might be able to argue that that gives it a trillion dollar valuation. Right. A trillion dollar market cap. Now, is it worth a trillion? Absolutely fuck no. It's not worth anything. Was there a trillion dollars in there? No. No. It's one. It's yeah. a, there's a dollar in there. You know the Squid Games token? Oh, <laughs> I had a yeah. scenario like that where it's like yep. a trillion dollar market cap. Yep. Yeah, that but was it was a... it was only because uh, you know well the mania a... the mania can only keep it going for so long you know the investors can only put so much money into it before people start to sell and and run for the exits and that's when you see rug pulls yeah and I think Mark Cuban was a part of a uh, rug pull Titan a while back I think I've heard about that it was actually a couple hundred dollar token that went straight to zero well oh. not not absolute zero but you know none of these tokens ever go to absolute zero yeah but like it if a shit coin if if i have my money in a shit coin and everybody else sells besides me and i just don't even look at my wallet ever yeah then it's not absolute zero right, right. but yeah uh that's essentially what happened right with ftx is it yeah people found out that they didn't have the uh liquidity to right. uh you know, service all these obligations and whatnot. Yep. And all of their reserves, like when they when they went to, you know, get a loan or whatever, they'd be like, oh, uh, here, we'll use our collateral FTT token. And then they'd, they'd borrow real money. And when I say real money, I mean fiat federal reserve notes, not actual real money. In, in my view, gold is real money. But they would get fiat federal reserve notes and they would borrow against these phony baloney tokens and then uh what happens when the collateral just completely collapses in value then they got to pay back all these loans they get margin called mm-hmm. and then you know the music stops and they got their dick hanging out yep They're fucked some some people could actually uh with this whole ftx collapse thing and the donations to the the democrat party and where where the fed is is pivoting now towards uh, central bank digital currencies, some people can actually argue that that FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried is actually a Trojan horse into regulating the crypto landscape and and ushering in this this central bank digital currency to to maybe help control some of these wild west style markets. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's something what? to ponder. It's I something like to the think wild, about. Wild West, I do too. I, I do got too. an eighty-two bagger because it was the wild, wild west. <laughs> right, right. That shit isn't going to happen in, in a the, regulated market. Exactly. I mean, that's only going to happen where. Well, and you say regulated market, but but even in the stock market, there's there's bad actors all over the place. Oh yeah. I mean, you can uh, take us back to the GameStop yeah, and the AMC. I <laughs> take us back to GameStop and AMC. I mean, there's. There's there's market makers that are paying for for retail you know orders. What is it? A payment for order flow? Is that what it is? I'm not uh, sure. And they 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 get a, a detailed list of where all the retail traders are putting their buys at and where they're putting their sells at, and just how much how much of a certain stock they would have to dump to send a stock down towards zero. So 
it's uh, it's it's kind of crazy. You know, you say you you can trust these markets, right? But even when they're regulated, there's still there's still so much going on yeah. behind the curtain. Yeah, like how is it? How was this allowed? Uh, GameStop, as you guys know, uh, one day it's trading at four bucks. You know, fast forward a little bit, it's at 10 bucks, fast forward a little bit, yep. it's at 20 bucks, then it's at fucking 400. Yep. And why did this happen? And it, it happened because it got short squeezed. And these are the numbers for, in the very beginning of the GameStop scenario, mm-hmm. some Wall Street bets people in this Reddit group chat, they, uh, or subgroup or whatever they call it, they, they were like, hey, look at GameStop. Look at how much short interest there is. Right. And it turns out the amount of short interest in GameStop was equal to 140% of the total outstanding shares. How does that happen? How, How the fuck is that allowed? So what? They, borrow, they borrowed more shares than borrowed, existed yeah. in order to dump the price. And eventually, you know, they're obviously hoping to bring the stock down to zero so they never have to. The, the company goes bankrupt. The stock goes down to zero. They never have to buy the shares back. They take all the money, right? That, that's like what... That's what they were hoping. Yeah. But and then, retail had a different plan, right? Oh, man, I was so happy to see that, you know, just st- well, trying to stick it to the big, the big man. But then... They did. But then our taxpayer they dollars... Uh, they stuck out, it to him. out for being... And I don't own I don't own any AMC or GameStop, and I wasn't a part of the squeeze. But they stuck it to them. Yeah. They had them. They they had them. Like and and then they took away the buy button. It was it was like it was robbing. It was like ah, you know, they took all the money that could possibly be made and just gave it right back to the big guys. Yeah. They 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 had a, a game, and he, these were the rules. And you can only run the game by these rules. And as soon as they got beat, they decided, nope, We're gonna wait, change the rules. stop, we're losing. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to beat us. <laughs> and they changed the rules. And they, it was one of the biggest fleecings of the common, common man that I've ever seen. And it was right in front of all of our faces. And it's not the only time it's happened. No. You know, <laughs> you know in 1980 when silver went to 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know why it didn't go any higher? Because they didn't allow anybody to open any new futures contracts. Right. They, you were only allowed to sell your futures contracts. You weren't allowed yep. to buy any more. Right. And then, you know, they removed that law once the price, you know, fizzled back down. Yep. And then the same thing with nickel last year. Or maybe that yeah. was this year. Yeah, what, the L- London Metals Exchange? Yeah. Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah, uh, the LBMA, London Bullion Market Association. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe it was the LME, the London Metals yeah. Exchange. Is that I don't know what don't the acronym know. stands for. What, one of but those yeah, two. What was but, the the big the big big yeah. wig had had a huge short position on nickel and it and it skyrocketed overnight. He was going to get squeezed the next morning. He was going to get squeezed. They shut it down. Yeah, and then they canceled all the trades. They shut it down. No, you can't and, and win. It went up like three hundred percent, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was something. It was something wild. It was something crazy. But the the guy was going to lose, you know, tens of billions of dollars. And I'm sure he's got a ton of pull, you know, if you have that big of a short position on a, on a metal, you've probably got a lot of pull. Yeah. So, and they can't, they, they can't have the common man winning. It's just, it's just not going to happen. But what I thought was interesting is I was reading the other day, and I don't, I don't have a position in GameStop, and nor I, I don't intend on opening one, but I was reading something the other day, 
that uh, that the the GameStop outstanding shares they had they had over just about thirty percent or maybe just over thirty percent um, of the shares directly registered. So what that is is when you own shares in a company, if you own them on an exchange, you know they can be lent out unless unless you say otherwise. So if you directly register them to your name, then they can't be traded, they can't be borrowed, they can't be shorted. And what these, all these, these apes are doing is they're directly registering the shares. They've got 70 something million out of the 300 million total. Oh, and uh, that's about 30% of the free float. If they can get that number up to 80, 90, 95% of the shares directly registered, and you see anything going on in the stock market where GameStop shares are being traded, whether it's on public markets or in the dark pools, uh, it's it's it, it's they're tipping their hand. They're showing that that they're abusing the system. And if they can get them all all the shares registered, then there's none for these naked shorts to buy back. And I think that's that's the goal that they're going for. And you could see some astronomical rise. In in the price of the GameStop share, now that would be whether or not fun. whether or not they get that done, I don't I don't know if they ever will, and I'm not willing to put money on to bet money on uh, on that happening, but is, but it could. Is that the right price? Is that yeah? So they 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 did a four for one split oh. a while back, so technically it would be like eighty eight dollars, close to ninety. Dude, I was about to so. say, is it down? I thought it was you trading thought, around like eighty bucks. Right. Yeah. So it's been holding actually pretty well over the last six six months or so. Yeah. So, but that, I thought put it at like ninety bucks. I thought that was a super super interesting way for them to maybe backdoor the original uh, win. That that retail had. I mean, retail had them on the ropes. They yeah. changed the rules, and now it looks like retail might be clawing back using a different avenue. The so, war ain't over. It ain't there over. There was a few battles. They won the first. They lost the second. Yeah, it'd be nice. Well, who's gonna win the fucking war? It'd be nice to see. I know who I'm cheering for. Right. So yeah, we'll see. And you know, I I think, and I we've talked about this so many times. We we both like you know silver as an investment. Mm -hmm. and a, you know a a safety net of sort, yeah. but they do the exact same shit with silver. Yeah, yeah. And you know they uh, they create derivatives of silver that doesn't even exist. Yep. And most of the market is just controlled by these derivatives that claim to own an ounce, but they don't. And right. I want to look up the number right now because I haven't checked in a while. But on usdebtclock.org, you can look at the amount of. Uh, paper silver contracts versus the actual amount of silver. Right. Last I checked, it was... In a few hundreds. Wait. What was it, like 200-something to one? So what, it's what, 448 right now. <laughs> wow. So what does, that, what does that say? Essentially, what does that say? That means That's, for each actual ounce of silver, there's 448 claims. On right, it. right. So if everybody wanted to... 48 people think they own that same ounce. Right. That's crazy. Jeez, and that's gold, wild. it's 116 to 1. Right. So that just gives you a, an idea of the scale. And, and the GameStop and AMC, those, these are just examples that we see now. Like you said silver in the 1980s, right? Like, like that's another example. And it could be going on everywhere. It could be going on in every single market that, that you can participate in. It could be going on in crypto. It could be going on in the stock market. Literally everywhere. Yeah. 
But so it's, yeah, that's I, pretty crazy. I think this this silver thing is GameStop on fucking on enough steroids. steroids to just OD a hundred people. Well, and here's the here's the real kicker is like you know you you obviously want retail to win. You want the price of silver to go up. But if you think about it, silver is such an industrial metal; it's used everywhere. So if if the price does skyrocket, what what happens to the price of all the goods that require silver. Not, not, none of them can be made anymore. It's unaffordable. Well, right? here's, here's the thing. They call it price inelastic because, like, when they go to... When they, when they build a smartphone, you know, they got a little bit of silver in here. Yeah. The phone sells for, say, a thousand bucks. Right. The amount of silver in there, it's a smidge. Right. So maybe it's, you know, uh, one twentieth of, of an ounce or something. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a dollar worth of silver. Right. But if silver goes to five hundred bucks, then I mean, what's one twenty to five hundred forty bucks? Right. So, you know, I mean, that moved the phone price from a thousand to maybe a thousand forty. Right. So I, I've heard some cases that like we'll still be able to operate and stuff if mm-hmm. you know that that were to happen. But anywho, I'm bullish. That's it. I'm buying the <laughs> miners. I'm buying the metal. I, I prefer to save my money in the metal rather than yep. fiat Federal Reserve notes. I would agree. Yeah. But although it, it, if you saved fiat Federal Reserve notes in the last year, I mean, you would have outperformed like everything. Right. Besides like maybe gold. I think gold probably stayed the same or went up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you put your money in S&P, you, you'd be down a lot. Yeah, if you if you had sold down. at the top, right? If you were perfect perfect timing and had sold in November of 2021 and held all your fiat currency until now, you'd probably be in pretty good shape. Your buying yeah. power will have went up. I wouldn't say significantly, but but well, definitely definitely more than if you had just kept it in stocks. Yeah, I made this argument on a or I outlined this on a podcast I did before and Say you held Bitcoin, you know, oh, you, the dollar is being devalued. I'm going to park my money in Bitcoin instead. Mm-hmm. You know, U.S. dollar maybe lose 9%. Well, Bitcoin lost 30% or whatever. Pick, Plenty pick more than that. It's like 60. Yeah, so call it 60. Uh, you put your money in Bitcoin, up, you're down 60%. And the yep. dollar equivalent also buys 9% less. So mm-hmm. call it maybe 69%. S&P right. 500, maybe down 20%. And the dollar's, uh, you know, uh, down 9% in its ability to purchase goods. Mm-hmm. But if you were holding dollars, you only lost that uh, right. 9% from inflation. I mean, there was, there, over the past year, there's not really been a safe place to park your money. I know. I mean, shorting shit. Yeah, yeah, if you wanted to, if you wanted to risk it, sure. <laughs> but, so let, let's get in on this next one. I, I feel like we've probably been... Uh, Recording for like 40 minutes by mm. now, but fuck it. I mean, we're we're chilling. Right. We're having fun. Yep. Just talking some finance. I mean, we'd probably be having a pretty similar conversation whether we were in front of the mics or not. Right. I mean, we were yeah. basically talking about the same shit before this. Mm. All right. You want to hear some garbage? Yeah. Hit me. Putin calls oil price cap stupid and says Russia is considering slashing oil production in response. Uh, let's see. Uh, here are the key points. Russia is considering slashing its oil production in response to the Western price cap. 
Vladimir Putin said on Friday, which none of this has been finalized. There is no, there isn't currently a price cap on oil, but we will see what happens. The Russian president also said Moscow wouldn't be financially affected by the price cap, calling the mechanism stupid. So before we, we should, don't even buy their oil anyway. We uh, should get out, we should put out there what what exactly was the price cap? Sixty dollars per barrel. <clears throat> Sixty dollars right per barrel. Was that proposed? Who was that proposed by? I think uh, the G7 nations. Okay. Uh, oil price cap. Let's see if I can get some more information. All right. So right now crude is trading at seventy one. Mm -hmm. So it's only an eleven dollar discount to it. Right. Uh, G7 outline. How is how it's going to work. European so, Union officials set Russian oil price cap at $60 a barrel. Okay, oh, shit, so, so they already did this. So a lot, a lot of European countries that rely on Russia for, for oil and energy are trying to set a, a price cap. It's like walking into a store, you know, say you walk into a Gucci store and you say, I'm going to buy this belt for $50. Yeah, that's you, the most I'll pay, that's the most anyone will pay. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, you, it simply doesn't work. Can you imagine doing that? I couldn't. And, and you know what? Europe doesn't even fucking buy Russian oil. Right. Well, some Eastern Europe, some oh, of they? Eastern Europe does, but I don't know if they're G7 nations, are they? Uh, I don't even know. Some. Uh, I know they're not, a lot of Europe isn't getting their gas, uh, hence all these struggles that they've had with their energy. But I think we need to tell the people and explain why this, why a price cap simply doesn't work. I mean, it would be like if Joe Biden came out tomorrow and he's like, I'm passing a new piece of uh, uh, legislation and, uh, oh, I forgot what I was saying. I did a good job impersonating him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and he sets a price cap. Gas will no longer be any more than $1 a, a gallon. And, you know, everyone, all the libs are like applauding, like, oh, he's... He's so good. He's so he's such an honest, decent man. He's that would be great. He obviously great. has our best interest in mind. That would be fantastic for the first 40 60, minutes? 60, yeah, I was going to say 60 minutes. Yeah, because minutes. you set the price at a dollar a gallon. There's this thing called supply and demand. And right. when there's a lot of supply, there's usually less demand because it's, it's readily available. It's not scarce or anything. There's a right. bunch of supply. You can get it whenever you want. Yep. So there isn't much demand. But when there is not much supply, then the in demand situation. is higher because the accessibility to get the good or the commodity or whatever, it, it's, you know, it's less accessible, so people are willing to pay more for it. Right. So, the situation with Russia right now essentially has limited the supply by a significant amount. I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's you know, extreme, but it's definitely a good chunk of oil and natural yeah. gas that is coming out that's no longer being supplied by Russia. So so the supply is definitely lowered quite a bit right now. Yeah. And if, if Biden comes out and says, oh yeah, well gas is only gonna be, you know, a dollar a gallon, you're gonna lose that supply immediately. I mean, if it's here and demand's up here, but price brings demand down to, to keep it level, right? As soon as you lower that price, the demand will shoot up and supply's gone, you lose it. You lose all the gas. There's no more gas yeah. an hour later. Yeah, so the first, you know, 200 people in line at your local marathon or whatever, they fucking cleaned up. Yep. They, they brought every single five-gallon. Yeah, uh, they even brought grocery bags <laughs> and fucking tied up the gas in grocery no. bags. I fucking heard <laughs> and it. And put it in their uh, trunk. Dude, you I saw, saw that? I saw a video of someone that was doing hilarious. that. Was that during the pandemic? Yeah. 
Yeah. Dude, it was a lady literally like putting <laughs> gas in a fucking grocery, <laughs> a grocery bag, bag and she tied it and put it in her trunk. Dude, I, I can't believe people. But yeah. Wow. That's what would happen. The first 200 people, they'd get the deal of a lifetime. And, right. then, and then it'd be gone. And then you're the 201st person. Sorry. <clears throat> it's out of stock. And then, then what do you do? You know? Then, uh, then nobody has any gas, and it's all gone. Yeah, that's why we need a free and fair market to allow price discovery of all these assets. Right. We can't right. be manipulating all these prices. If you let the free market decide, then it'll work itself out. Yep. I hear all this shit about, oh, we have 17 days of diesel left. Yeah. Oh, panic. Oh, uh, Biden's doing this and that, blah, 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 whatever. But here's the thing. We have 17 days of diesel left at the current price. Right. If we start running out of diesel, then price is going to skyrocket. Yeah, supply goes down, becomes scarce, price goes through the fucking roof. And yep. the free market will bid that price so high that people probably yeah. won't want to pay that much for it anymore. Well, and that's and then the thing. And then people will stop buying it so supply can come back up. Yep. And then as supply comes back up, demand goes back down. And right. Dude, don't you love the free market? Yeah. It's yeah. Well, and, and there's, they, they said. And I was explaining this before, there are some people, and you know, I, I probably wouldn't consider myself one of these people because it's, it's pretty horrible. You know, you get certain times, tsunamis, or not tsunamis, uh, hurricanes, you know, big natural disasters. But some people will claim that price gouging is actually a tool to keep, to curb demand and keep supply at reasonable levels. And that sounds insane, but when you get to thinking about it, it's like, in a in a natural disaster like a hurricane, you know, a hurricane's hitting Florida, everybody's everybody's trying to bail out. If if and there's price gouging going on at local gas stations, you know, people are fueling up, they're filling five gallon uh, drums or or buckets uh, of gas. Like they're paying they're paying the market price, and they're not buying more than they need, right? If they're if they're evacuating and gas is a dollar a gallon, they're loading up the bed of their truck with with five gallon buckets or drums. Yeah. They're, they're they're filling up their fucking as, pockets, dude. Yeah, gross. Like it's, like Max said, grocery bags full of gas. <laughs> <laughs> like they would run out so fast. The first, you know, the first twenty thousand people to evacuate would get out no problem. They'd have all the gas they needed. What happens to the other million? The other million people don't have any gas left, right? So. In a, in a sense, the price gouging can be a way to curb demand and keep supply at a reasonable level so that everybody can get some. Now, I'm not a huge fan of price gouging. I think there should be some kind of limits on it and penalties. But at the same time, it, it, it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. Right? So. I mean, if, if you're price gouging me, uh, I'm not going to buy from you. And then you're going to get zero dollars. Right. Maybe you're you're operating the local gas station. And you're like, oh, I hope I can get four bucks a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. You can drive four miles that way and you can get it for three bucks a gallon. But I'm right. selling it for four dollars a gallon because you want to make more money. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. That makes sense. And I go up there and I'm like, this motherfucker's price gouging. Yeah. Fuck him. Right. Now you get zero dollars. You right. don't even, you know, if if you sold it at a competitive price like the free market incentivizes people to do. Well, and you not stopping at the gas station is going to incentivize the owner to bring their prices down. Yeah. You know, I'm going to price gouge. Oh, okay, well, you're not going to get any business. Oh, well, then I guess I'll bring my price down. You know, I, I need to sell some market, gas. I dude. So. We, we need, like, 
first of all, we need to revamp the entire fucking system. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of all the cancers in our fucking government. Right. All these idiots, all this reckless spending, all these programs with subgroups and subgroups and all this bullshit. And we need to just return to the free market. We need to not spend so much. We need to not run... Uh, well, what's the annual deficit? We need to not run a $1.08 trillion deficit every single year. I mean, That's we're digging nothing. ourselves a hole. That's nothing. It almost, I'm almost surprised it's not that much. It's not <laughs> That's more a lot. than that. That's so much. With how much money they've That's been so spending. much money. What's, what's the GDP for the United States? Dude, I, I always look for the GDP Isn't it like on this. like $3 trillion or something? Uh, there's a, oh, 25.78 oh, that's trillion. Crazy. And our right, way debt off. is 31 trillion, so it's 1.33 or 1.35 years of our uh, GDP. Yeah, and it just keeps going up. I remember I was in middle school. What was I in eighth grade? Seventh, eighth grade? I, I remember looking at this shit way and back it, when. And that and the deficit was 12 trillion. Now we're 21 trillion dollars. No, deficit that. You mean the or not not uh, the deficit the, the national debt yeah yeah look this yeah it was twelve trillion when Trump got elected oh yeah go back to two thousand twelve yeah that'd yeah, be about the time I was in yep fifteen point nine trillion nine trillion what was our uh, <clears throat> one they were running a trillion dollar deficit then too Jesus see oh, wait, no now it's and it'd be one thing it'd be one thing if they had spent the money on stuff that we're we're using or spent it on programs to help the United States, but but they send it into the military budget and then all of a sudden they poof, lose sixty one percent of it. Or they fucking give it to Pakistan for gender yeah. studies programs. Right. Or they yeah. fucking just leave eighty billion dollars worth of weaponry to the Taliban or yep. some shit. Right. And then they tell you that you shouldn't own a gun. Yeah. What's and then wrong they release a Russian prisoner or yep. a prisoner uh, a Russian guy who's in prison here. Yep. Who's an, intent an arms was to dealer. end the lives of U.S. citizens yep. by distributing firearms and weapons? Yep. But they want to tell you you can't own a gun. Yep. Exactly. They're funny. <laughs> but uh, w- before we wrap it up, I, w- I want to just get your opinion. I mean, what what do you think is going to happen with rates? Uh, you know, we can't really afford like it, if. So we got a thirty-one trillion dollar debt, and if all of these, uh, if all of these U.S. Treasuries start maturing and they're at these new interest rates, uh, <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen? Because uh, I, I think it was Goldman Sachs was predicting uh, rates to get up to like five or five and a quarter or five and a half percent, and at that rate. That would cost us one point five five trillion every single year, right. just on the interest of our national debt. Right. So what all these dumbasses before <clears throat> Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, uh, all of them—they all accumulated this crazy amount of debt, mm-hmm. and we have to pay interest on their, you know, right, uh, on the stupid shit they did. Well, we didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for it. I almost wish there was like I could just be like, no, I'm not paying taxes. This is this is not only corrupt, it's inefficient, it's hopeless. We don't know where any of it's going. Yeah, it's it's, it's all going to fucking it's Zelensky. Wrong. Or... It's wrong. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I mean, the Fed's gonna have to pivot at some point. 
they're going to have to start lowering rates unless, I mean, do we want to default? What happens when we default? Then nobody in the world is going to use U.S. dollars and everyone's, right. every foreign nation is going to dump their U.S. treasury holdings at the same fucking time yep. and we will probably see a very, we'll, we'll see. We'll see an FTX a, yeah, there will be at the a world level. Written in the history books about that day mm -hmm. when they when they defaulted on their debt and yep. everyone dumped U.S. Treasuries and maybe the Dixie drops from ninety to forty in that same fucking day. Mm -hmm. I don't know what would happen, but right. But anywho, all this crap storm that we're dealing with, and for those who are listening, we're dealing with this shit too. We're trying to figure out life. How do we navigate this world and like get ahead when? We have all this shit pinned against us when we have a corrupt system, an insolvent system, they're abusing our taxpayer dollars. What's our way out of it? Is it just to become financially successful so that we don't have to rely on their ass? I mean, that'd be nice. It'd be nice if it was that easy, you know? And I th well, there's, just so, there's just so many problems, and it all comes... There needs to be change. There needs to be some, some major change in the systems that run this country financially. There needs to be some accountability, as you can already see with the Pentagon. Like, if, if they can't be accountable and be responsible with our money and they're spending it at a, at a, at a whim, you know, then, then what do we do? Do we stop paying taxes? Well, do we, if you're do the we, first to suggest that, then you're going to get your ass arrested for inciting. <laughs> Allegedly, shit. we should all stop paying taxes. No, but I mean, <laughs> Allegedly unless, we unless should. If, if you want, if you want to end up in, if you want to end up in jail, <laughs> stop paying taxes. But there needs to be change. I mean, you can you can try to vote if that would make a difference, right? But and and it's not like a lot of us can afford to stop working and go protest and you know some civil disobedience might might be necessary right there needs to be a lot more outrage and there needs to be a lot more people like max that are bringing these situations to light because you know I, like i i didn't know all of this information before i came here today and I, I bet a lot of the viewers probably aren't super in tune with all of this either so just getting the information out there i think is huge yeah I mean, that, dude, that's why I did this shit, because I, I saw all this corruption and everything and all these mishandlings and, you know, this horrible trajectory that this country is going towards, yeah. and, you know, both fiscally and socially. And I was like, I literally don't know what else to do. So instead of saying this shit to my friends whenever I'm hanging out with them gonna get a fucking microphone right. and I'm just gonna talk in front of it and you know we don't have a shit ton of viewers or anything but I mean we we got people listening and yeah you know I'm continuing to try to share these messages help wake people up to what's going on I personally think the way out of this shit is to become financially successful right uh, I mean in a scenario where you got maybe $2,000 or less in savings or assets, which is not uncommon at all. Yeah. It's unfortunately that's not I would uncommon. say that I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's uncommon. I think that's that's more common. Yeah, yeah. I think that's there, the majority of people. There's a lot of I mean, yeah, there, there's not shit you can do in that scenario. And if our government turned oppressive or something and, you know, shit went bad here, uh, you wouldn't really be able to do anything about it. But if you 
if you if you play your cards right and you know you diligently invest and and you manage to create some success financially, mm-hmm. then you at least have the freedom to explore other places right. or uh, you know maintain your own business so that you can uh, keep your standard of living so that you're not dependent on some employer or some employer that the government could just be, tell them to stop uh, doing business or whatever. I think the only way out of here is to create wealth for ourselves right. so that we're not debt slaves to the system or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like what Woodkey said, you know, we're, we're talking about this on the podcast. We're bringing these messages out. I want you guys to bring these messages out too. Uh, this is important stuff. And yes, we can skate through life without thinking of, about any of this. And it's probably more relaxing and peaceful to not even think about this shit. Yeah. But this is an inconvenient truth that we have to live with. We have $31 trillion in debt. We've got, a, we've got corruption up the ass in our uh, political system. And the trajectory of this world is not fantastic, to say the least. So we need to do something about it. And we can't just sit here and wait for someone else. We can't wait for you know, some, some new president who's just going to fix everything in four right. years because that's right. not going to fucking happen. Right. Unless maybe we can get Ron Paul in and be our dictator. <laughs> I, if, if I could oh, vote for Ron boy. Paul to be the actual dictator, like have <laughs> absolute power, I'd probably oh, do that. Yeah. But only if the, his term expired uh, <clears throat> alongside the expiration of a dictator status. Right. Because then some nutcase... Could come in. The stakes are so much higher. Now that the United States is a dictatorship, my psychopathic (laughs) ass is going to go run for office. That's what would would happen. We can't have a dictator, but if we could, I'd want Ron Paul. Yeah. There just just needs to be change, and the the people need to bring these these things to light. Honestly, the, the, the Federal Reserve is suspect. You know, the, 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 money, the money itself is suspect, and it could possibly be the root of our problems. If you yeah. want, in my opinion, the, the money is the root of our problems. Yeah. I so. mean, without the Federal Reserve printing all this money, you don't have inflation. Right. Without the Federal Reserve controlling interest rates, you don't have these arbitrages in the housing market where it goes to the fucking moon for three years, and then it just, boom, bankrupts everybody, yep. you know, for a few years. We, we would have the free market handling these decisions, not fucking Jerome Powell or Ben Bernanke or Paul Volcker or whatever, or Alan Greenspan, mm-hmm. make, you know, pulling the strings like, and eh, now we'll print $4.8 trillion and we'll give it to, we'll give most of it to the people we like and then the rest to, yeah. we'll give, let's send we'll some give the, to other the countries. Roaches 600 bucks yeah. a piece, <laughs> even though we just printed three, yeah. three and a half trillion. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and the Fed, I think the Federal Reserve is a huge cause of all of our problems. Yep. Uh, since the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar has decreased by 97%. It might in a even, free and fair market, that should not happen. It should never happen. And I, I wouldn't doubt happen. that that number is higher than I would, 97%. I'd bet it's probably higher. Because no, I have proof but, that they underreported inflation after the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. When they were telling us it was 7 or 8%. It was 15, 16, 17, 18 yeah. percent, maybe. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, what? They didn't take, the, they weren't taking um, 
What weren't they taking into account? I remember you were talking about this. Oh, uh, they used shelter. So shelter was either one third or forty percent of the consumer price index. Mm -hmm. Like one third, either thirty-three or forty percent weighting of the entire index. Mm -hmm. And you would see that you know Case Schiller would have these statistics like, oh, the average home is up nineteen uh, percent year over year yeah. in this city and. In this city, it's 17%. This city, it's 22%. All that good stuff. But what the CPI told us was that shelter was only up 4%. Right. But that absolutely was not the case. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm licensed in real estate. I, I saw the price of these houses go to the fucking moon. Mm -hmm. I saw all the statistics and the data. Right. They fabricated those numbers. Oh, and they're yeah. still fabricating that. Right. <clears throat> but it's insanity. An insane world that we're living in. It is. But, hey, we can have fun with it. You know, we, right. we're fortunate enough to be born on this planet. And, and in know, this country, too. Yeah. Not only were we gifted with life and, you know, there's 100 trillion galaxies out there, each of which has however many billions of stars. Chances of this working out for us are astronomically low. Right. And not only were we born... And not only were we born healthy, we're also born in America. I mean, right. you literally couldn't ask for much more. Yeah. So, I mean, we've There's got... places we aren't even allowed to talk about this. Yeah. So, Seriously. Well, I, think, I think we're blessed to be able to do what we're doing. So, and we need to remember that, everybody. We are blessed. Uh, we, need to be, we need to practice gratitude over all the things we, we have. We do have things good. We have a standard of living where... Most of us are not worried about our next meal, right. which is, you know, yes, we may be in poverty or whatever, or struggling with money and everything, but we're not worried about starving or anything. And, and there's still opportunity. Yeah. There's we, still the opportunity living in this country that, that you, can, you can pull yourself out of the worst of, worst of conditions and the worst of places. So. Yeah, if people can go from homeless to a billionaire, then I'm sure we can go from, you know, lower or middle class to upper class. It doesn't even have to be a fucking billion no. dollars. It doesn't have to be I a mean, Cinderella story. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. I mean, yep. you, you get the point. We, we, we covered a bunch of different topics. This was a lot of fun, Wood Yeah, Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we've got to have you on for another uh, full-length episode. Yeah, we've got, we've got plenty that we can discuss, I think. Yeah, so. yeah, dude, there, there's a lot of shit I want to talk about, but... Anyway, uh, is that a wrap? Yeah, I think I think. All right, that's all I got. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in to our full-length episodes, which release Wednesday. This is a segment of Max's Monday Morning Market Mania, which will release Monday, as you can tell by the name of the show, Max's Monday Morning Market Mania. Uh, if you like the show, share the show. If you found some value, or uh, it made you laugh, or it taught you something new. Just do me a favor, share the show. We're not, we're not advertising this to anybody. So the only way this show can grow and reach more ears is if you tell your friends about it or make a social media post. So if you do that, it means the world to us. This is our guest, Brian Woodkey. It's been an absolute, ple absolute pleasure, and we look forward to the next time. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Take it easy, everybody.